This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. Hope you're doing well. Hope the summer is being good to you. Hope you are opening yourself up to the light. We need all the light we can get. Hope you plan on joining me August 12th, 13th, and 14th. We've got our Shine On Summer Women's Retreat at Mariondale in Ossining. Looking forward to it. We usually decorate the room in really vibrant colors, but this year I'm going all white. Well, really beige. I just feel like we need to cool down. So we'll be in peaceful beige. We'll have our nature walks, our sunsets, our time in the pool, our time in the air conditioning, and lots of time for peace and reflection and conversation. So I do hope you'll join us, bring a friend, or make new friends when you're there. The Shine on Summer Retreat. Yes, we named it after this, a little get-together. August 12th, 13th, and 14th, you can commute or you can spend the night. The nights, I should say, at the Mariondale Retreat Center in Ossining, Friday and Saturday night, and then we go home Sunday after lunch. Have a great speaker for Sunday morning, too. So that's coming up. Casey'sPlace.com has more. I'm finishing up my yoga training. I should have news very soon about restorative yoga. In fact, I should be offering some restorative yoga at the retreat. That's how soon things are happening. Very excited about that. And I'm very excited about today's guest. We're going to learn about a new practice. Well, it's new to me. And this practice is very, very simple, but it can help us during our most difficult times. We'll explain that coming right up. But first, meet Deanna. Deanna's name is very similar to the name of her yoga studio in Chester, New Jersey. It is a little confusing. I didn't realize this when I first named the studio. So the name of the studio is Diana Yoga Arts, and my name is Diana. Um, Diana means meditation in Sanskrit, which is the language of yoga, essentially. So yeah, so yeah. the studio is in Chester, New Jersey, and we have um, lots of different wonderful types of yoga, including um, vinyasa or flow yoga. We have restorative yoga. We have yoga for back hair and scoliosis, which is a very specialized type of practice. We have a yoga rope wall, which is a lot of fun. I don't know if you've ever practiced with a yoga rope wall, but that's um, a, yoga. a great way to get a yoga rope wall. So rope um, wall. it's, yeah, so there's ropes and slings attached to the rope wall, and it's great for um, the back hair classes because we help people traction their spine and utilize the rope wall for balance, and you can make things easier or more challenging. Um, and then we also have other classes that are um, just for fun and to play and explore in yoga practices as well with the rope wall. Yes, I have taken rope wall. In fact, many, many moons ago, my very very first yoga studio, we had a rope wall. And I just have to say for other people who have sensitive ears like mine, every time, Deanna, you say back care, I hear back hair. But that might because, <laughs> be because I have a very hairy husband. So, <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So if anybody else back heard back hair. hair and was thinking of, you know, getting waxed, or something like that. Uh, back care, very nice. All right, so when I looked down at my notes today, I said, I'm talking to Deanna, but I'm talking about Diana, and I've got myself all confused. So Diana, is that how you say it? Diana, yeah. Diana. Or Diana there's different. Diana. Yeah, I say Diana. And, mm-hmm. and that means uh, you say meditation. Yeah, it means meditation, and it 
it can also relate to being in a flow state where you're living in the now and like let's say for example musicians might call it being in the park pocket or athletes might call it being in the zone it's like when you're really super present and you're living in the now and you're being conscious from that place how often does that happen to you (laughs) um you know i think it goes in cycles i feel like when i stay really connected to honoring my daily practices and carrying what i learn from my let's just say inner teacher throughout the day those those periods of time are more consistent and then inevitably you know life happens and i um, get caught up in saying yes to too many things or the stress of daily life kind of shifts the gears and then i fall off the wagon and then i get back on and that's the cycle of life right we fall off we get back on we fall off we get back on exactly i wanted to ask you about your inner teachers how do you connect when did you first find them what's your relationship like with your inner teachers and i guess the question is are there more than one can you distinguish one voice from another that's a great question well i first came to yoga back in my early 20s, which was over 20 years ago. And before that, I was always, I, I sometimes I hesitate to use this, the word spirituality because it has so much connotation for people. Mm-hmm. But I was always connected to what I'll call like unconditional love or, you know, my, my spiritual nature. And um, in my early 20s, I had a lot of pain related to scoliosis and back conditions. And I also had, depending on what situation I was in, I felt super connected and able to, you know, live with love and connection to people. And then I also had situations where I have lots of social anxiety and things like that. So when I first came to yoga, it was not only because of the physical discomfort I was feeling because of um, my back conditions, but it was also, you know, related to those things that I wanted to learn more about myself and try to understand why I would go in and out of those those spaces of feeling clear and then shifting out of those spaces of being clear. So in yoga, they kind of call that the um, avidya or the cloudiness that keeps us from seeing our true self. So when I first came to yoga, um, I had these amazing teachers in this devotional kind of rebel yoga community that helped my body and my mind and really helped me to heal a lot of stuff that... I hadn't really looked at before. Um, And then fast forward to about a year later, I think it was, I really wanted to learn about meditation. I got a meditation book. I started reading it and I realized I wasn't going to learn meditation from this book. And they say, when the student is ready, the teacher comes. I met someone who introduced me to my meditation teacher, who's a um, Swami from India. And when I went to those meditation programs, I've been going to meditation retreats every year since 2007. That's when I really started to dig into what it really means to tune into my inner teacher or my true nature. We had on the air, not that long ago, that great meditation teacher. She's a a woman, and I think her last name is Salzman. Sharon Salzberg? Yes, Sharon Salzberg. That's who it is. We had on the air not too long ago Sharon Salzberg, who had a book out on meditation. And, of course, she talks about finding a meditation coach. And I said to her, well, you know, why can't somebody just pick up a book and learn? She said... Which tickled me so. She said, yeah, well, good luck with that. 
<laughs> it's so true. It's yeah. so true. You can't read about meditation and, and, and get it. So it's wonderful to yeah. hear the story of your journey. A couple of things. It's beautiful to hear you say you were always connected to unconditional love. Wow, that's pretty cool. I never, I haven't heard a lot of people say that. Yeah, I think I think I'm real. I realized later in in life that that's what it was, and now that's what I call it. Mm. But um, yeah, I've always I've always felt this connection for like empathy and compassion, and really tuning into what does that mean to be able to give and receive without thinking I owe you or you owe me that kind of thing. So right. I, I meditate on that sometimes. Yeah, beautiful. Mm, would you call that a gift? I think it's something that everyone has access to. I think it's just creating the space for, you know, we live in a world where it's so easy to be in constant go, go, go mode, constant doing, constant external mode. So when we just create the space to slow down a little bit, and, you know, I I joke sometimes with my students that the turtle is my spirit animal, (laughs) because uh, you know, when we just create space to slow down a little, we can look at what's there. And then inevitably, I think when you um, keep coming back to that place, you realize really the source of everybody is love. Sounds, I mean, I know you know, mm-hmm. but it sounds uh, sounds a little cliche, but really that's the idea, isn't it? Yeah, that's the idea. Now, how is your spine today? Today, it's wonderful. I had a great... Um, I took good care of myself today, and when I take good care of myself every day, my spine is great. When I fall off the wagon and I forget and I don't honor my practices, then, you know, my my back gets cranky or, you know, if I do a lot of traveling, I need to make sure I'm taking extra good care of myself. So today I did my meditation practice. I did my asana, the yoga poses. I did a little back care specifically. Um for scoliosis, which is different from other types of yoga. And um, I joke about this sometimes, but I'm like the tin man. I do a little um, self-oil massage to take good care of my joints, and that helps my back, too. So today, it feels great. Beautiful. I was looking on your website, and I saw the phrase swaha, and I thought, oh, I'll mm-hmm. ask her what that means, because that's a new one on me. Yeah, swaha. Oh, it's such a good word. Swaha is like... I offer it up. So in these um, meditation retreats that I go to every year, at the end of the meditation retreat, um, they do a little fire ceremony. It's called a homa. You chant mantras that are like tools for the mind, essentially. And at the end of each saying of the mantra, you say swaha, which is like, I offer it up. I let it go. I give it to whatever it is that you connect with as your source or the divine. So you can do that in every moment. You can have every moment be an opportunity to say, okay, I offer it up. So do we offer up things we don't want or things we do want? Or what are we offering up? You can offer up everything. It can be the stuff that's challenging and that you want support around. It can be the way that you give and receive your love. It can be, um, you know, very practically, it could be, like I'll give you an example, a friend of mine was having a difficult feeling around, um, she was having what she calls mommy guilt. And she wanted to create a little space around that because when you create space around those kinds of things that are difficult, that are kind of clouding our perception, it clears things within ourselves, but it also clears things in our relationships. 
So we had a little moment of lighting some sage and chanting a little mantra. And it was just a five-minute thing. And it was like, uh, it always amazes me how palpable it is when we f- I feel more clear and grounded and loving, even just after a five-minute thing. When you say create space around a challenge, so your friend was having some mommy guilt, so you create mm-hmm. space around it. What does that mean? I like this analogy. If you, most of us wouldn't eat off of a dirty dish that's been sitting in the sink for three months, but we go without cleansing our minds all the time. And if there's so much stimulation and so much accumulation, there's no space for anything. We're just kind of, it's easy to get stuck. So when I just create a little bit of moment for grounding or a moment for, let's say, taking 10 breaths or a moment for just sitting without having to do anything but be present with what's arising in this moment, that can create space around something. Or, you know, we're human beings, we have physical bodies. So sometimes it helps to, like I mentioned, we, we had a little moment where we lit a candle and we, we lit some sage and we chanted a mantra. We just had some space to do something grounding as human beings with a physical body. If I do a physical act, like lighting a candle, for example, that can affect my other layers of my being. So that can affect my emotional layer, my mental layer, my you know spiritual layer. So I'm just creating some kind of space to stop the regular automatic mode and do something that's grounding. It could be something simple too, like, you know, going for a walk in nature for 10 minutes. Right, right. I see. It's just sort of like distance from the issue, a perspective, a cleansing. I like all of these uh, pictures mm-hmm. I'm seeing in my mind right now. Rather than staying on repeat, 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 we just step away and rinse off a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, just create a little breathing room. With Swaha, when we offer it up, we offer up our challenges or we offer up whatever, that helps us create space, right, by offering it up? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who receives our offering? <laughs> I think that that's different for each person. I think that it's, I might call it God or um, higher consciousness or some aspect of the divine. They say, you know, the wise call the divine by many names. I have a friend who says, I don't care what you call it, I just care that you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some people, maybe it's maybe it's energy or the universe or just your inner teacher, yourself. Like that, that let's just say, um, like capital S self, that is your pure consciousness that's aware of the, let's say, small self things that we tend to get identified with. So all the things that um, it's like so beyond words, but I think it's, it depends on, on the person. It's all your own individual, you know, each person connects to that in a different level. So when you offer something up in Swaha to your personal whatever, fill in the blank, um, mm-hmm. how is it received Because we're offering it up, I I guess, with the intention that it goes somewhere. So when your something receives your swaha, what happens then? What happens for me, there is this sense of freedom. So I'm not attached to the result of this thing. So let's say, for example, I do this sometimes if I need to go in and have a difficult conversation with someone. So I might, before I go in to talk about it, 
have a moment with myself and say, okay, I offer this up for the highest good of all. And then I'm not, when I'm going into that conversation, I'm not attached to controlling the end result. And what ends up happening usually is that the result ends up being better than I thought it would be. Or if it doesn't turn out the way that I want, I know that I offered up my best efforts and I can I can let it go on some level. So there's there's a deeper ability to just, you know, be an open channel, be more connected in the present moment, let go of my my own things that keep me caught in trying to control a situation. Does that make sense? So much sense. So much sense. Swaha is like my new favorite thing. Oh, it's so good. It, it, you can do it in anything. You know, even if you're, if you're like, let's say I'm going to wash the dishes and I really don't feel like it, but I have a moment of just saying, okay, Swaha, I offer it up. Then instead of, you know, grumpily mumbling while I'm doing my <laughs> dishes or whatever the mundane thing of, of, of the day might be, I might find myself singing or, you know, just feeling um, my feet in the ground and being more present. So it just helps me to feel more like I can stay connected and in touch mm. with myself and with the activities of the day or whatever it is that's arising in the moment. I think that, that what it also does is then when I do you know, each day brings something new. So you might have things that are enjoyable and pleasant and, and then inevitably in our days present challenges. So I'm able to kind of ride the waves of life a bit more with a bit more ease and equanimity and hopefully compassion. We're talking to Deanna Sidoti. Her yoga studio is in Chester, New Jersey, and it's called Diana which is Sanskrit for meditation. Did I get all that right? Mm-hmm. Dhyana Yoga Arts. Mm-hmm. Dhyana Yoga Arts. Do you do anything online so people like all around the world can participate? I do, yeah. I teach online classes that are hybrid from the studio. So we teach classes in the studio, and those are also live streamed. And I also teach a course online that's geared towards students with back conditions, but it's really for anyone who wants to dig more deeply into yoga practices, um, and that's called How to Empower Yourself Through Practice, so that's a free um, masterclass, and then I also offer five-month immersion courses and teacher trainings, so people can come from anywhere in the world. If you had any kind of message you wanted to share with our listeners, I'll give you that opportunity. What is like the message in your heart that you'd like, if you could buy a billboard, what would it say? (laughs) I would say create space for yourself to just make 15 minutes a day to honor your inner teacher be important. So that comes down to love yourself do things that help you to love yourself. That can be different for everyone. So for me, it's meditation, it's doing yoga, asanas or poses. It's doing things that I enjoy that help me to feel like I'm taking good care of myself. And then I think also having a moment to remember the things that are important to you and to realize that that space that you give to yourself for a daily practice helps you with everything you do. It helps you with the things that matter most. It helps you with the the relationships in your life. It helps you to be able to abide in what I might call unconditional love or 
tuning into your true nature. And, you know, in yoga, they say your true nature is truth and consciousness and bliss, and that that's not something you have to look for that's there for you in every moment. It's who we really are. Your true nature is truth and consciousness and bliss. That's your true nature. And maybe you get some glimpses of that here and there. Maybe when you're doing certain things or out in nature or with people you love, maybe you get glimpses of that feeling of who you truly are, what your true essence is. And having a practice like yoga or many different kinds of practices, you know, singing, hobbies like rowing, whatever your bliss is, follow that and you'll come face to face with who you really are when you're feeling your very, very best. And then, you know, you may look away completely and say, I don't want to see that. I can't hold all that. That's not me. That can't possibly be me. I'm a mess. All right. You can wear that hat if you want to, but we know what's underneath. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On, and thanks to our guest, Deanna. We'll have to have her back to talk about some more philosophies like that. So, of course, I poked around and I found just layer upon layer of Hindu mythology around this Swaha idea. And Swaha was actually a goddess or the daughter of a god. You could read for ages. But something I came up with that helps solidify the idea to me is the full quote, and I'm going to say this wrong in Sanskrit, the phrase, idam na mama. Idam na mama usually follows after you say swaha. Idam na mama, this is not mine. Or this no longer belongs to me. Right? Gets your fingerprints off it. Dissolves the tether between you and whatever it is. Makes it not personal. And from that perspective, things get clearer. Alrighty, hope to see you soon, either at the Market on the River in Verplank on Sundays or in Ossining for the Mariondale Shine On Retreat, August 12th through 14th. And all this talk of offering it up led me to this thought for the day from author Paul Evdokimov, who I know not at all. But he said, In the immense cathedral, which is the universe of God, each person, whether scholar or manual laborer, is called to act as the priest of his whole life, to take all that is human and turn it into an offering and a hymn of glory. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine on.